Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's our weekly podcast. I'm always grateful that you're here learning and giving me feedback so we can continue to move these in a direction that are helpful for you and help our children and grow as a community. Last week, we had a really great podcast on energy, nutrition. We had a little holistic nutritionist in here giving us some food, some great things to taste. We discussed eating habits, things that will help us live healthier and happier, and how food and the right food that can taste good does also give us energy. It doesn't have to taste like cardboard. You'll find all of my podcasts on my website at www.drsophie.com or on iTunes. Download my phone app. This week, we have a really great topic called attention reorder. What is attention? So many people think, well, I have attention deficit disorder, or my child doesn't pay attention, or my teacher said, my kid isn't paying attention. And before you know it, they're getting tested or they're on medication. But I wanted to look deeper into attention. Really, what is it? Is it a dysfunction of that frontal lobe that everyone says, oh, ADD is a dysfunction of your executive functions of your frontal lobe? Or is it really stuff that the brain could do better if we learned how to strengthen our brain and be more in tune? So this week, we're going to be talking with our expert. We're going to learn about what is attention? Is it different between two people? What are the components that make it up? And how can we really address it and strengthen it in ways that don't necessarily have to do with medication? So joining me today will be our guest, Dr. Joseph Cardillo. He is a best-selling author in the fields of health, mind, spirit, and psychology. He's got a ton of books. He's done a ton of radio shows and appearances, and he's going to tell us all about it. As soon as we get going, Dr. Cardillo, are you with us? Hello. There you are. are. How are you? Good. So tell us about you for a minute. Uh, <laughs> All about you. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've written a couple of books. Uh, my first book was a book uh, titled Be Like Water, which was a book that uh, was laden heavily with uh, Eastern wisdom and practices, many mindful uh, techniques. And, uh, you know, I wrote a couple of other books in between that, and, and I believe the book we're going to talk about, uh, which is Can I Have Your Attention?, which I wrote in an attempt to try to understand what attention is and to try to uh, find some uh, ways to uh, improve attention. And I've written a new book, uh, two new books since then. I wrote a, a book that I co-authored with um, a colleague of mine from uh, Columbia University, Galena Midland, uh, and that book is Your Playlist Can Change Your Life. And in that book, we talk about how music uh, can be used to uh, improve health, memory, organization, alertness, and more. So I'm uh, continuing my, my own uh, work and research in attention. And I've got a new book that's being released, and that book is titled The Five Seasons. And again, uh, which emphasizes mindfulness techniques okay. and other techniques that so, we can use to improve attention. That's wonderful. I, I can't wait to read the new one. I want to know, though, from your research and where you kind of stand in life about all this, like, how do you measure attention? Because I think most of the people that are going to be hearing this are saying, well, you know, I'm always told my kid doesn't pay attention, or my child doesn't pay attention in school, or it's hard for me to pay attention. I mean, is that really just, a, it boils down to the fact that if we did techniques like you suggest, that that's all that we really need to do? And if we do do them, what are we strengthening? Or is there a piece of our brain we're strengthening? Is it self-control? Like, what is all that? I don't think that that's all that we need to do. I think that that might be all some people need to do. But then, of course, there are others who would need to look at other treatments, really. Okay, so how do you define attention? Like, if somebody said to you, Dr. Cadillo, what is attention? 
with all that you've well, done, how would you s- describe that? I would define good attention as controlled attention guided by good choices. Okay, stay there for a minute. Controlled, guided, and what else? Good choices. Okay, but then you said, I would describe good attention. So are you implying that there's good attention and bad attention? Yes. <laughs> okay, tell me yeah. more. Well, I, I think that the first thing that, that we have to do is we have to... Uh, pay attention, as, as funny as this might sound, I tell people to pay attention to how they are paying attention. No, that sounds great, but like that's the most important thing. But how do they do that? Well, what I stress is uh, self-awareness and mindfulness, but how do you pay attention to how you're paying attention? Right. I think that the first thing that, that you might do is to ask yourself at, at, at any given moment, how do I feel at this particular moment? Are my emotions guiding what my next thought's going to be? Are, are my emotions or feelings guiding what my next action is going to be? So, um, like, in other words, are you, am I clicked into myself? Yeah, but, you know, I think that as, as simple as that sounds, pay attention to how you're paying attention, I think it's really kind of important because it could be an emotional feeling or an emotion that, that's making you identify certain detail or respond to certain detail in a certain way, but it could also be something else. I mean, you might just feel dreary or you might just feel uh, mellow. Some people might, might feel anxious at a particular moment or they, they might feel really pumped up. And that's why they're paying attention to particular detail or having certain thoughts or even responding in a certain way. Or not being able to. That, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the first step of paying attention to how you're paying attention is to kind of see how you're feeling and what are the things that are helping that or not helping that. Exactly. And then what do you do? Well, then I, I think that just knowing a few things about how our attention works helps. For example, you know, we do an awful lot. You know, one, one of the most interesting things anybody ever said to me about attention was no matter how bright we are, no matter how intelligent we think we are, most of us walk around all day long mindlessly. And he meant that in a Zen sense. Yes. Yeah. That... And, uh, and, and so I think that, you know, most of the time throughout the day, if we really think about it, much of what we do is guided by our habits. Right. It's, you're on autopilot a lot of times. Yeah. And so that's pretty good when our habits are giving us what we want. But when they're not giving us what we want or they're, they're not helping us hit our goals. Right. Or you're uh, not paying attention. So what do you do then? gives you... us kind of high-speed trouble. So I think that, that one of the things we might want to do is to, you know, as we're becoming mindful, as we're paying attention to how we're paying attention, is to consider, you know, is this a habit of mine? that's triggering me. And so one of the things that that I like to do is to replace habits that aren't working with ones that are working. Okay, so give me an example. So uh, let's say that uh, I go to an office meeting, and every time I go to the office meeting, I talk out of order. Okay. And I, I do that, and it causes me problems. Then I think that one of the techniques that we can use is a mindful technique called visualization. And so before we go to the next office meeting, we might visualize the way we want to behave in that office meeting. Visualizing once uh, the way that we have behaved in the past, you know, looking at it, uh, asking ourselves uh, what we might want to change about that behavior and why, and then visualizing the changed behavior. Okay. But the trick is for that, the trick is 
that you have to visualize it over and over again. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, I did that and it didn't work. Right, but they did it and once. That's, yeah, that's because the reason it doesn't work is sometimes is because, you know, when we develop a habit, you know, in real time, we've done that particular behavior over and over again. Right. Uh, so you can't expect to just visualize something once and have it work. Right. You know, most athletes will tell us that. So they have to visualize it many, many times right. uh, until they sort of develop a habit within their mind. Right, and ingrain it in there. Yeah, and then it'll trigger at very high speed and it'll... It'll get you so, what you want. Just to help our listeners understand better, what would make them realize that talking out of turn in their office meetings is not a good thing and they need to replace that? Well, one of the uh, techniques that I use is called a self-scan. Okay. And I love this particular technique, by the way. Good. And it, it sounds a little lengthy, but it really isn't because after you practice it a few times, it, it's not that bad. It's kind of like driving a car, you know? Yeah. You know, as I, as I go into a, a different situation, so it could be an office meeting, it could be anything. I could be on the phone with somebody and then get off the phone and decide I want to write an email. So as you shift one, from one situation to the next situation, one thing that will help you focus and identify the best strategy for hitting your goal is uh, the self-scan. And here's how it works. The first question I would ask is I would ask myself, where am I at the moment? What am I doing? Okay. Am I headed into an office meeting or... Am I about to write an email? And the next thing I would ask myself is, what do I want from this situation? Okay. And so now it's start starting to narrow and sharpen my focus. And then the next question I would ask myself is, um, what should I want from this situation? So the answers there could differ. You know, what do I want at this moment and what should I want? The next question I would ask myself is, what have I done in the past in a similar situation? Okay. And then, of course, the question I would ask is, do I want to behave differently this time? Okay. Uh, and then, what do others expect? So if I'm walking into the office meeting, what do others expect when I come in here? Or if I'm sending the email, what do others expect? And then uh, I would ask myself, what, you know, which of these behaviors do I want to activate? Which do I want to stop or inhibit? All right. So that's a good self-evaluation, self-scan of yourself so yeah. that you can kind of judge whether a situation worked for you or not, and the things that you really need to take a look at and then be able to pay more attention and change them. Yeah, and in that, you start to see, as you use that sort of self-evaluation, you start to see how you're paying attention. You start to see, you know, these are the things that trigger, you know, going back to our, our, our discussion, these are the things that trigger good attention, and, and these are the things that are triggering, you know, what we might call attention that's dysfunctional. Right. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So it really brings you back to self-awareness, too. Yeah, very much, yeah. Dr. Kadir, we're going to take a call, and we've got Amal on the phone. Oh. How you doing, Amal? Good. How are you? I'm good. How can we help you? Um, so I have, a, I have a question about attention. Um, I'm in graduate school myself, and... I sort of just find myself, I've kind of had this long-standing problem where everything from simple conversations with my friends, uh, whether it's I'm not necessarily interested in what they're talking about or even an important meeting where, um, you know, I really need to pay attention, kind of the littlest details or distractions for me kind of throw me off guard and I just, I very easily lose my attention span and and you know, especially in these important situations where I feel like I need to kind of gather everything that's being said, I just can't always keep my attention span. And I just wondered if you might have any useful tips 
um, that I could maybe kind of use going forward. Sure. I mean, Dr. Kadir, what do you think? Well, uh, one of the things that, that I like to do in, in, a, in a situation where I feel like I'm getting distracted or where I'm losing interest is, is again, you know, I, I try to make myself a little more self-aware. I might ask myself, you know, what's going on physically? Am I feeling stress, anxiety? Am I, am I too mellow? Am I too pumped up? What am I feeling emotionally? And then I might ask myself, uh, you know, when I'm in a situation like this, you know, how did I just react? And, mm-hmm. and, and try to equate the two a little bit, and, and then, you know, do I want to change that? So maybe before kind of going into a particular situation, trying to clear my mind of things that might be preoccupying me? Yeah, get to know a little bit about uh, what's happening that, that's making you, you know, disconnect a little bit. Like, are you uh-huh. self-aware? Like, can you look at that stuff and say, kind of say, you know, I really lose it when I go to math class because or whatever, and yeah. like, just be more aware of the specifics so that you can really then get tools that'll help manage that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you take any medicine for anything, or have you ever been diagnosed with anything? No, I haven't. I've never taken any medicine. I'm just kind of tried to, you know, do it just sort of on my own and um you yep. know it's i wouldn't say it's kind of a an awful awful thing for me but it's just i just notice it you know pretty often and i would definitely look at some good some of these good mindful techniques read read one of his books cardillo's books they're good and they okay. give you some really good techniques because that's really the key it's self-control and you know insight self-awareness to really see where those pitfalls are for you uh-huh. gotcha thank you very much i appreciate it you're welcome do you think that it's a common thread that you hear People I do, and, 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 you know, it, I keep going back to that idea to try to, you know, when we're trying to self-regulate, at least from my perspective, it helps so much if you have an idea as to what's driving you off focus, whether it's an emotional issue or whether it's a physical you know, stress or anxiety. Sometimes I find that, you know, people just, um, one of the things that uh, my colleague Galena Midland and I uh, have talked about is having a, an optimized mindset. What does that mean? For us, when we say optimized and balanced, what we mean by that is that you have to have the right amount of energy or psychic energy to get the job done. Right. And if you're too mellow, if you were any more mellow, you wouldn't have enough energy. But if you were any more charged up, you'd become anxious and you'd become distracted because of that. So our idea of balance, uh, which might be different from some, our idea of balance is to be balanced in between calm and alert. Okay, that makes sense. And how do you, like, assess where you're at in that whole process? Again, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know with, with some, you know, uh, self-awareness again, to ask, you know, how do, I, how do I feel, both physically and mentally? Do I feel like I'm a little too down to get this job done, or do I, do I feel like I'm a little too pumped up Tell me and something. I need to mellow out? Tell and then, once you've sort of self-diagnosed at that point, then we've got a number of techniques, including music, which a lot of you know students like, uh, and uh, and the rest of us too. We all love <laughs> all love music, you know, that can help swing us one way or the other. All right, we have a voicemail that will play right into this question. Take a listen. Hey, Dr. Sophie. My name's Jason. I'm from LA, and I have a question about studying habits. I'm a second year law student, and personally, I like to quiet while I do my work but I've been told that the right kind of music can actually help memory retention. 
this never occurred to me because I always found any outside noise distracting, which is why I don't do my work in, say, a coffee shop or have music playing in the background. But I'm definitely all for improving myself. So is it true that the right kind of music can help memory retention? Thanks. Interesting question. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. And again, one of the things that we recommend is to try to optimize your mindset. And that, of course, will, will help memory attention right away. But uh, let me just tell you a, a couple of tricks that we've used to accomplish that. First of all, when you're using music, try to use any music you like. The more you like it, what we found is the better it works. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, well, because I think if, if you're listening to, <laughs> uh, you know, one of my colleagues says what, you know, what you love could be a torture to me. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You know, I think that uh, one, of, one of my colleagues also, that, you know, that worked on, on, on the music uh, book playlist, you know, had made the comment, you know, that it, it really doesn't matter if you're listening to dance music or if you're listening to Mozart, but you got to like it. Because what's controlling it, first of all, would be the tempo. Yeah. The tempo is going to have a large control on, on whether it, it alerts you or whether it calms you down. And the next thing would be the, uh, the emotional texture of the piece and the message it's sending if it's lyrical through the lyrics. So those things there, you know, will affect you. And, and if you don't like it... <laughs> It ain't going to work for you. Yeah, it's going to make you angry. Interesting. But one good tip is, um, let's say that you want to use music to alert you. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's instrumental or if it's lyrical. But what we found is that BPMs, which is beats per minute, right. and you can find the BPMs on iTunes, or you can, uh, if you don't want to use iTunes, you could just find the BPMs to your favorite songs on, on Google. Just type in the name of the song and type in the acronym BPM, and it'll come up. Yeah. Uh, and what you'll find is that, that BPMs that are 130 on up, research shows that they will alert you. Yeah, right. BPMs of 100 or less will start to slow you down. Got it. So that's, that's something that, that helps. So getting back to that, the optimal mindset, if you want to balance between calm and alert, then you know, if you make yourself a little mindful of where you need to be going, up or down, right. then you can use BPMs to get you there. That's and interesting. So what I would recommend is that you make, a play, you make two playlists. Everybody makes two playlists. One playlist to bring you up, and that's BPMs of 130 or more, and the other playlist to bring you down, which would be BPMs of under 100. And so, for example, you might have a song like uh, uh, You Turn Me On uh, by Nora Jones, which is around 56 BPMs. And then you might have a, a song like Rebel Yell, by Billy Idol, which is around 167 BPMs, or I think Rock This Town by the Stray Cats is over 200. <laughs> wow. Well, but I'm confused, though, because it seems to me that it would be more about lifting your mood or something with music that has an emotional impact on you versus its impact on attention. How does that affect attention? Well, what we're thinking is that it'll optimize your mindset, which will optimize your focus. If you're stressed, it will it will de-stress you, and if you if you're too tired or too mellow to pay attention, it will bring you up to the point to which you can. So, is it fair to say, and probably not, many people, especially children who play all video games a lot, are very distracted children in other venues like school or whatever, but you put them in front of a video game and they're entrenched. And so, is that because it stimulates and distracts and 
does that balance in their brain and their frontal lobe to be able to then get them to focus on that game. Yeah, it could. So, sure. I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it, but whatever tool you're using, whether it's the music or a video game or whatever, it's that balance that will then affect the ultimate temperature of your brain, kind of, oh, absolutely. and then you are focused had, in. Yeah, yeah, and and we had some tricks, too. So, you know, you, you can kind of trick your brain into going where you want it to go, too. Uh, we had some, some tricks where you could use photographs. So we, we suggest uh, making a slideshow on your iPod with music, and... Um, those images that have that emotional quality that'll send you up. And then when you combine the visual with the musical aspect, it'll, the effect will be even more amplified. You know, I want to say, too, this is kind of a neat trick. For people who enjoy playing music to get themselves more alert, try this one. Play something that's really slow first. So, so play a really slow BPM first for about five to seven minutes, and then play your fast song, and it'll have more of an effect. Oh, okay. That's a great, that's a great tip. It's kind of fun. Getting back to the, the fellow who asked the question on, on uh, memory, yes. uh, one of the other things that we found was that if you're listening to music from long ago, it'll help spark uh, your memory. If you're listening to music, say, from as far back as you, you know, you know if you're my age, if you're 60, you want to listen to music uh, you know, from when you were in junior high school, and as you're listening to that, if you can create a narrative in your mind as you're listening to the music, so the yeah. music becomes a sort of a soundtrack to a little mind movie that you're making yeah. that involves some of the characters from your past, that'll also increase your memory. Okay, so really, it's a lot of visualization. Yeah, yeah. So listening and visualizing really puts your brain at a kind of balanced state to really yeah. focus. And those are the, the muscles that really need to be strengthened to then increase overall attention. Yeah. We came across a, a kind of neat trick, too, that worked. Um, let's say that you're going into an office meeting and you feel kind of, you know, uh, blah, and you need, you need to perk up. If you, you can play the song in your own mind. If, if you train yourself, every time I go into office meetings, I'm going to play these particular tunes on my iPod. Or better yet, every time I, I get in my car in the morning and I'm going to drive to work, I'm going to play this particular song because it, it perks me up on the way to work. If you don't play that song, it'll start playing in your mind anyway. Okay, but that tells me that I want to read you an email really quickly, then i got to let you go that we got from Hillary from L.A., and she's asking, why can I remember every word of five-minute-long songs, even ten-minute-long songs, but I can't remember the answers to my psychology test? What is that? They're in your emotional memory. <laughs> right. So explain that just really quickly, and then I'll let you go. Well, one thing is, is that music, as opposed to other things, permeates all parts of the brain. And because it does, your memory is quicker and it's more ingrained. Okay. Uh, and it's also emotional, and things that are emotional come back to us uh, quicker, strong. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's very good. So, uh, Dr. Joseph Cardillo, tell us where we can find you and when your new book is going to be out. My new book, uh, The Five Seasons, will be out June 24th. It's actually available now on Amazon. Congratulations. Uh, and anybody can find me at josephcardillo.com. Okay, we'll be looking for you and for your new book. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for your time and expertise. And you guys got to grab his books. They're good and they're great tools. And all these little secret things he told us today, there's a whole lot more. So thank you, Dr. Cardillo. Thank you very much, Dr. Sophie. So that was us talking about attention and what is it, where does it come from, how do we strengthen it, good self-assessment stuff. We learned a lot today about attention. There's good attention, there's not good attention. 
looking and paying attention to how you pay attention is a very important thing that we need to do. And also replacing habits that help us not sustain attention with good habits that will help us sustain attention is key. And then also doing a self-assessment or self-scan, as Dr. Cardillo told us today. All of that is in our podcast today. Take a look. Take a listen. Jump on Dr. Cardillo's website. He's got a lot of information there. He's got some books out there with some great tips to strengthen those parts of our brain that will really enhance our intention. Remember, all of our work today and all of our other podcasts are on the website at www.drsophie.com. And you can always call in to me at one 767 4966 Give me a call. Leave me a voicemail. Send me an email. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Get my book. It's called Side by Side, the Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Program for Conflict-Free Communication. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And don't forget to sweep. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, 